3, Song of Solomon, chapter number 3 this morning, and uh, I'll be real honest with you, I said a few weeks ago, we preached out of Song of Solomon, chapter 2, and uh, I really thought that was just going to be one message and be done with it, uh, but it just seems like I've been hung up on Song of Solomon, we preached all the way through chapter 2 now, and I uh, really didn't think we'd get into chapter 3, but it just seemed like that's the way the Lord led this, this week. And uh, so I'm going to try to be mindful of him. While you turn, I want to say this. I love expository preaching. And the thing about it is, when you preach, you preach in an expositional manner, nobody can hardly go and get mad at you. The thing is, we're going to deal with some things this morning that, you know, when I was studying this week, I, I just time and time again, I think, boy, that's neat. That's neat. We, we need to hear that. And I don't mind telling you that. We, I need to hear what I'm going to preach this morning. And uh, Brother Kenny kind of got a hold of some of it this morning in Sunday school. And the thing is, Michelle, nobody can't say that, well, he, he's picking on me or he's doing this to me, mean to me, because we're just preaching the scripture. Right? We're just going line upon line, precept upon precept, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And uh, I love that about expository yeah. preaching. All right, when you find your place in chapter 3, stand with me real quick in honor and reverence for the reading of the word of the Lord. Chapter 3, verse number 1, I'll read you five verses. We'll do our best to get through them as quickly as possible this morning. All right, the Bible said, By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. I rise now and go about the city and the streets and in the broad ways. I seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. Verse 3, the watchmen that go about the city found me, to whom I said, Saw ye him whom my soul loveth. Verse 4, the man said, It was but a little while that I passed from thee up, but I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him and would not let him go, till I brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. Verse 5, the Bible said, I charge ye, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hands of the field, that ye stir not up, nor awake my love till he please. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I should do love you this morning. Lord, I'm thankful for the privilege of the honor to be back in your house. Lord, I'm thankful this morning for each one that's made the way out. Lord, I don't know the hearts. And Lord, I certainly don't know the needs of all those hearts this morning. But Lord, I'm glad that you do. Lord, I pray that you be with us this morning and do but meet the needs of each one. Lord, I pray that this morning lives would be changed, that saints would be stirred, and sinners would be saved. Lord, most of all, if be one of the midst this morning, lost under with that chip, Lord, I pray convict their heart, save them for everlasting too late. Lord, if they be one walking a far distance away, would you draw them up close to you once again? Lord, we'll be careful this morning to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. For we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name and for his sake. Amen and amen. You be seated. And thank you for standing. Now, uh, I want you to notice with me in verse 1 of the Bible, said by night, on my bed, I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. Now, that's interesting to me. Uh, uh, we ended last Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in chapter 2, verse 14. And we saw, we started in verse 8, went through verse 14, if I'm not mistaken. And God, we saw the shepherd uh, come seeking the Shulamite. We saw him uh, woo her and win her and we saw it, we looked at it as a picture and a type of the Savior that he woos and wins in the courtship, if you would, of the Savior to the church. And uh, now in chapter 3, verse 1, uh, early it becomes apparent immediately uh, that something went wrong. Uh, uh, by night, 
make their den, they burrow uh, under the ground uh, and, and make this uh, den, if you would. Uh, what happens is as that vine, that grapevine grows, uh, the roots go down into that den uh, and there's no nourishment there. No dirt, no soil, no water, it's just nothing. And they, that vine begins to deteriorate uh, and that's what the Bible said, they spoil uh, the vine. Yeah. All right? What, look with me, verse 14. He tells her the figs are great, but he also tells her that the grapevine are putting forth tender grapes. Now, let's read it together. Verse 14. Watch what your Bible said. Uh, we find it, oh my dove, thou art in the cluster of the rock, the secret place of the stairs. Let me see thy countenance. And here, uh, verse 13, I'm sorry. The fig tree put forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. I'm sorry, verse 13. Then in verse 15, he tells her, the shepherd tells her that there is an opposition to their lives. There, right? There is one that seeks to, uh, to destroy this love and to hinder this love and to spoil this love, these little foxes. That's interesting to me. Little foxes. Why, Lydia? Why would it not have been sufficient enough just to say foxes? I got to ponder on that this morning. And I really think I've got an answer for it. I think the lesson, Kitty, that the, the Holy Ghost wants us to learn here in this text is this. It's not always the big things yeah. that hinder our relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. right. Is that right? Yeah. So many times we view, we look at our lives and we look at our sin and uh, we, we, we make ourselves feel better. Uh, no, I'd make myself feel better by saying, well, things may not be exactly right in my life, but I'm not doing what no one does. They're right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe there's some pride in my heart, but I'm not doing what no one does. They're right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe I am a little bit covetous at what my neighbor has, but thank God I'm not like Keaton is. Yeah. They're right? And we, we start trying to label things as big things and little things. Right. Heard a man one time cutting up, but he said that uh, it was all right to tell a little white lie, just don't tell a big. That's, that's, of course, he was picking, but that's the way we look at things. Yeah. What's how we view our sin? It's just a little thing. And those little things. Oh, but the shepherd told the shoot of mine, it'll not be the big things that'll destroy this life. It'll be the little foxes that spoil the vine. It'll be the little foxes that ruin what we could have. He gives her a warning in verse number 15 that the little foxes seek to destroy the vine. In fact, what he said in verse 15, the Bible said that uh, in verse 15, take us the foxes, the little the little foxes, uh, uh, that spoil the vines for our vines that uh, have tender grapes. What he was saying was he had said, our love is still growing. Our love is still maturing. That's what those tender grapes mean. They're not yet ready to be picked. Uh, it's still growing. It's still maturing. It's not yet ripe. Uh, and he said, if I love, if I, if I love is going to mature, uh, it's not just the big things we must worry about, but it's the little things. Oh, can I say this? I've preached for the Song of Solomon so far. Very much make an application to the Savior and to the church. 
Oh, but it's a beautiful study, John, to view this relationship between husband and wife, because that's what they are. The shepherd and the about is a husband and wife. Is that right? Oh, can I just quickly say this? That'll be what gets you in your marriage as well. It's not always the big thing, it's those little folks. Yeah. They're right. Let's come check for you know it. The, the love will be called, the great of high help is called. So we see a great warning here. But notice with me if you would, in verse 16, things change. The shepherd's talking in verse 15, verse 16. Notice that the Shulamite's response. She said, my beloved is mine. I am his. He feedeth among the lilies. Notice how unconcerned she is. He's just told her, Chris, the foxes, the little foxes are seeking to spoil the line. If something's not done, there's going to be a problem. Here's how she responds. But I love you. And you love me. What she's saying, Kenny, is everything's all right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. What she's saying is, brother, there's no need to worry about that. You're my beloved and I'm yours. And everything's that she seems very unconcerned about the warning of the shepherd. I thought about that, bro. Kenny made mention this morning about how that if I was just say you aren't not, Kenny, if I was not say you aren't wear a white shirt, uh, uh, gray vest with navy pants and I don't mean a thing, that's just my opinion but he made a statement, he said somebody gets up and preaches the word of God it ought, to, it ought to do something, it ought to cause a response in us but so many times, you know what, I, you know what I'm afraid of I'm afraid John that we hear the warning of the, of the shepherd through the word of God yeah. and we sit back and say but I love him he loves me that's not big enough to worry about is that right? Michelle, I'm not as bad as somebody else. No need for me to make this right. No need for me to friend. That's her response. In fact, watch what she said. Verse 17. You talk about the pivoting, the turning point in their relationship. Watch verse 17. She tells him what goes home to say until the day break and the shadows flee. Turn, my beloved, and be thou like a roar young heart upon the mountains of Bethlehem. What she says is this. I love you. You love me. Nothing to worry about. Tell the day break. Go on out. Do what you must do. Everything's all right. There I am. Watch chapter 3, verse 1. Last thing she tells him. To paraphrase, she tells him everything's okay. Don't worry about it. What's this? In verse. 16, we see she's unconcerned. Verse 17, when that carries on. Now in chapter 3, we'll see the results of her unconcern. He warns her. She doesn't want to listen. Everything's okay. She's not concerned. Chapter 3, we see the results of that. What's what your Bible said? By night on my bed, I saw him whom my soul loved. I saw him, but I found him not. How sad. Notice, if you would, the pursuit. We'll see the pivoting of chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. Then in chapter 3, Verse 1 and 2, we see the pursuit. Verse 1 through 3, we see her pursuit. Now, oh, she was unconcerned in chapter 2. But now, one night on her bed, she wakes up and John, he's gone. She can't find him anywhere. What a sad picture. And it's still true that he loves her. She loves him. But now, something's called a rift. There's a separation. She can't find him. Those few things with her, I heard. Those few things about her pursuit. Notice, if you would, 
first of all, notice the season of the pursuit. Watch what your Bible said in verse 1. By night, on my bed, not in the daytime, not, not in the best of times, but at night, on my bed. Two things can be said about that. That word night carries with it, of course, a dark time. That right? She's not in a joyous time of life. She's in a season of night, in a darkness. No doubt one to the application could be made that in the darkest point of her life is right when she realized she couldn't find it. that right? Yeah. Number two, on her bed. Speaks of her being alone. Dad, if you go home, if, if Earl was gone, you went home and went to bed, you're not going to look around and find anybody. That right? The private place. The dark place. Oh my, how many times do you reckon, I want to borrow your imagination just for a moment, how many times do you reckon in our lives spiritually, since, I'm, not, I'm not preaching so much as one of the lost, I'm preaching to the saved, wonder how many times in our lives since we've been saved, we've let something cause a separation between us and the Lord. And God, there'll come a time, most of the time in a dark time, in a dark place, when things, Kirk, are not going well at all. Feel all that's when suddenly we become concerned. Chapter right? 2, she was unconcerned. But now, chapter 3, she's concerned. She's in a dark place in her life. She's all alone. And now she realizes he's not here with me. All because those little foxes. That's the idea. Do you see that? It's not, Kurt, some big thing that separates their relationship. Right. It's these little foxes. Mm -hmm. These little things. These Things are so small, they seem so insignificant, but now she finds herself all alone in a dark place. All alone without him. Notice this, notice the season to a dark place on her bed. Watch this, following the season of the pursuit. Notice, if you would, the subject of the pursuit. Watch what your Bible said. Verse number one By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. Is that preacher? What do you mean? Notice the subject. She's seeking him. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Chapter two. He comes seeking her. Is that right? Oh, oh! I want you to get this. Chapter two. He comes seeking her. That's a picture of salvation. Now, if you get this, it'll help you this morning, especially some of you new converts. When it comes, John, to getting saved, no man has the ability to just decide, I'm ready. He must be drawn. He must be wooed. He must be convicted. When I say conviction, what I mean by that, he comes to a realization by the power of the Holy Ghost that he is a sinner that needs a Savior. That's what conviction is. That only happens by the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. That's the salvation. We're not dealing with salvation we're dealing with separation because of sin. It is not the shepherd that comes and shows her. She realizes he's not there. Mm -hmm. She realizes, Lydia, there's a separation. <laughs> and she said, I will see him. Is that right? Yeah. Oh my, what a truth. You know what I think a lot of times? I've heard this so many times, Elaine. Somebody sit in my office at the back door or wherever the case may be. Here's what they'll say. If the Lord will show me that what I'm doing is wrong, 
I'd get things right. Can I make a statement? Is that right? If you're saved, he does not have to come to you and draw you and pull you and tug on you. He does not have to do that. According to the picture, and it's right scripturally, Michelle, the picture is he's our beloved. When we realize that something is amiss, we ought not wait, John, for him to come to us and show us that. Why did she need him to come and say, I'm not here with you? She saw that first thing. That right? She realized he was gone. That right? She said, I must find the shepherd. Oh, my, I think that's what we're missing in churches today. I think that very true. We are desperately and hopelessly missing it in churches today. For somebody to fall so in love with the shepherd. Not the preacher, not the building, not the congregation, not not meals in the fellowship hall, but to fall so desperately in love with the shepherd that, that the moment they realize they're not as close as they used to be, they must find him. They must draw close to him. They must get near to him again. That's what we see in the Shilamite. She realized she was missing him. She realized he was gone. And she must need find the shepherd in her She didn't need somebody to come preach to her for three months and she ought to get right at She didn't need somebody to show her she was wrong at She didn't need somebody to drag her somewhere to find him at She realized he wasn't there. And John, her love for him, uh, drove her to find him again. I know you ain't going to wait a minute too much. It'll be all right. And I'm getting this needed this morning. Her love for him, she didn't need somebody to tell her what was wrong. Uh, She could see he's her beloved and he loves her. Uh, She could tell things weren't like they used to be. Uh, She looked around and he was gone. uh, And that was unacceptable. Uh, It happened before she knew it. uh, But when she realized, uh, she had to find it. Uh Let me say this. I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to say, I'm going to use a carnal example that make a spiritual truth to explain the spiritual truth. If I was this morning to wake up one day, my wife would be gone. You have no idea where she was. No idea what went wrong. Nothing at all. And I went through three days of looking for and couldn't find her. And I come into this church and I sit down back on the back row or wherever. And sometime during the service, I looked up and I knew that if I could go to that altar, there she was. There's nobody man enough in this building to keep me from getting there. Some of you may not like to take offense to that. But Ron, I mean, there's nobody, if I was looking for it, that's my right. That's my life. Kirk, I don't know what I'd do with that. She's there when nobody else is. She's my beloved. But if I knew I could get that altar and find her and have her again, there's nobody in this building man enough to keep me from getting her. And that's the truth. How much more so to know that things have separated me and Christ. Why and what could stop me from getting him? Oh my, we are not have to have an invitation. The preacher will not have to say, if you've got a need, come back. If the Holy Ghost revealed to you that there's something not right between you and the Lord, that the altar ought to be full. 
your way. Uh, you ought to walk the pews if you had to. Uh, whatever had to be done uh, to restore that relationship. Uh, it's her job in this place uh, to find him, not the other way. He found her in salvation. But so many times I've heard that statement. If the Lord will come show me what I'm doing wrong. He doesn't have to. They're right. You're a part. Listen, the Bible said a man should leave his father and mother, leave his wife, and leave two shall become one flesh. Bro, uh, oh, you wouldn't have to tell me my wife was gone. Uh, if she wants to leave one night, uh, you wouldn't have to tell me where she was gone. Uh, I live with her. Uh, I walk with her. I talk with her. I eat with her. Uh, I sleep with her. Uh, I've known for you then. You ought not need the preacher come in and tell you things ain't right. Uh, you ought to notice a change that took place in your relationship, your fellowship with Christ. Uh, and she sought him. Watch this. We see the subject of her pursuit. Uh, I got to hurry and notice this. Oh, the subject of her pursuit. But notice with me if you would in verse number two. The suddenness of her pursuit. I've already alluded to it a little bit. Watch what your Bible said in verse number two. The Bible said, I will rise now. She wasn't interested in waiting. She didn't want to wait till morning. She didn't want to wait till the sun came up. Uh, she wasn't waiting till some sort of more convenient time. Uh, when she realized he was gone, uh, she said, I'll arise now and go search uh, for my beloved. Uh, what a picture this morning. Uh, what a principle for us to learn. It's a serious thing. Uh, when fellowship with our beloved is broken, uh, we need not wait till tomorrow. We must run to him uh, immediately. Isn't that right? Why this morning would there be any reason not to say I'll wait till next Sunday or I'll wait till revival or I'll wait till Jubilee or I'll wait till Wednesday night. Why this morning? It's a serious thing. When fellowship with the beloved is broken, she said, I'll rise up now. Watch this. We see the suddenness of her pursuit. Notice the setting of her pursuit. Watch what your Bible says. I'll rise now. Go about the city and the streets and the broadways. I'll seek him whom I sold up. Now, that's interesting. That, she said, I rise now and go about the city in the streets and in the broad ways. That term broadways literally means the courtyards of the city. So what she was saying was, I'm not changing your Bible, I'm just saying that's what it means. What she was saying, John, was, I'm going to go search the city. I'm going to walk up in that every street. I'm going to check every courtyard. Now, no, I've got a problem with that. Here's what I want to say. Who is it she's looking for? Shepherd. They're right. What's the chances of her finding a shepherd in city streets and city courtyards? Yeah. The shepherd is with the sheep. The shepherd is making the sheep to lie in green pasture. The shepherd is leading them by the still waters. They're right. No, he's not in the streets. He's not in the courtyards. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I want you to notice this. She's become so far separated from him. Just now realized that Chris, she's looking for him in a place that he would never be. Yeah. Now, you say, preacher, what are you trying to say? Wonder, you don't have to raise your hand, but I wonder if you've ever had a Luke 15 moment in your Christian life. The Bible said that prodigal son came to himself. 
What if there's ever been a time gone in our spiritual life since we, I'm not talking about before you got saved, I'm talking about since we've been saved, that we came to ourselves. And when we looked around, we were amazed at where we were. Shepherds by the still waters. Shepherds in green pastures. Shepherds with the sheep. But she's nowhere near any of those. I remember one night, some of you know my testimony, I got saved when I was seven. When I got up in the eighth grade, I, I, do, I, mean, I look back now and I can see those little boxes just begin to slip. And there come a point one night when I was in high school, I was driving. I come in one night, my mama was sitting at the kitchen table, tears are running down her face. And she said, Come on, I want to talk to you. And I was sitting at the kitchen table. And she started telling me about things happening when she was my age. And Leona is just like she's telling me what my life looked like. That night I went and got in a shower. I was taking a shower. I, I, you've heard me say before that I, I, I told the Lord if he'd forgive me that, every, that I'd do my best to serve him and live for him. And, uh, but that night I came to myself. And I looked around John and I remember thinking how could I ever get I was saved. Don't, you could not convince me I was not saved. But I thought to myself, how did I ever get here? I can remember, you young people, listen to me just a minute. I can remember the very day, the very day we went out to, I was playing baseball. I believe we were playing Meadowview, if I'm not mistaken. We was out on the right field fence line. And we'd always go out there, say the Lord's Prayer. And then them boys would get all pepped up. Most of the time they'd say the Lord's Prayer. But as soon as they got there, they'd let out a big old string of cuss words, you know. And uh, they'd all, and I dreaded those days. I dreaded it. Because they'd always make fun of them. They'd always say, look at him. He thinks he's something. He won't talk like we do. And Michelle, I remember the day. Well, at the right field fire line, I thought to myself, today, let one little word slip. I'll say one little thing, one little thought. Just get them off my back. That'd be you say, preacher, that, that you that sounds crazy. But I'll speak to you. You don't have to believe me, but it sure would help you if you would, young people, because I promise you, Kirk, I look back and see how the harvest begin to snowball and get bigger right. and get bigger and get bigger and get bigger. All from that one little word. Not bigger and bigger. Bigger than when they come a time that I looked around in my life and I thought, how in the world did I ever get here? He's nowhere near any of this. How the shepherd's nowhere near me. I'm in a place far removed from him. Hey, can I say something? The shepherd will never change himself in order to be close to you. You know that? He lives, he's with the sheep. He's he's in, he's in the green pastures. He's beside the still waters. Uh, the shepherd is certainly not suddenly going to say he wants to dwell in the sinful cities. Right. Right. Is that right? Mm-hmm. See the setting of her sir. Watch this of her pursuit. Watch this, I'll hear me. Notice the sadness of the pursuit. Bible says verse two. Let part verse two. I sought him, but I found him not. Absolutely. She's to the point, I mean, she realizes he's gone. She's looking for him right now. She's she's searching diligently. But she, the Bible says she found him not. I said a minute ago, he will not change himself. Or to find him. You and I look at this and realize in order to find him, she's going to have to leave the city. 
All right, she's going to have to leave her current way of life. She's going to have to, uh, she's going to have to have fellowship with the beloved restored. The same can be said for you and I. The Savior will not change himself to have fellowship with us. We must separate from the world and crucify our flesh in order to walk with him. Now, I know that ain't preached just a whole lot, but it's right. In fact, Brother Kenny, what you say you was going to teach on verse 1 through 4, is that right? If you'll go back and look at verse 5 of Colossians 3, the very first thing Paul said was, Therefore, mortify ye your members. Yeah. What he was saying, uh, you're going to have to start killing off those things in your life. Uh, if you're resurrected with him, I'm going to your old life's going to have to die. Paul said, I, I crucify myself daily. Uh, well, that's what she's going to have to do. Uh, She's going to have to leave the city. She's going to have to leave her surroundings. She's going to have to leave her sea. If she wants to have fellowship with him, she's going to have to crucify her flesh. Oh, can I just stop by and say this this morning? If you want to have fellowship with the Savior, you cannot live in sin. Right. Oh, yes, friend, that's right. Hey, you say, preacher, you say you don't ever sin. That's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, for all the sin comes from yeah. the Lord of God. Uh, but you cannot revel in it. Uh, you cannot make my pleasure in it. Uh, you cannot plan on doing it. Uh, right. He'll not change himself. Uh, just to appease you and I, we must crucify our flesh uh, and mortify our members uh, in order to have fellowship with him. Right. Well, I know you ain't going to get to the side, but that is that message, uh, yeah. but it's just right. She'll not find him in the city. Uh, she'll not find him amongst that crowd. Uh, he's a shepherd, isn't that right? Yeah. Watch this. Go with your Bible. Sit. I got her to the sadness of the pursuit. Notice, if you would, not only her pursuit, but notice her predicament. Notice the situation she finds herself in. Now, we find several things wrong. In her predicament. Watch what your Bible said in verse number one. The Bible said, by what's what's verse three? Verse number two. I'll rise now and go back to see the streets and the broadways. All right, what time is it? He said, I'll go now. What time is it? Verse one tells us it was by night. Can I say this? She found herself in the wrong period. You say, Preacher, what do you mean? There's nothing wrong with her being on the streets. Certainly nothing wrong with her looking for the shepherd. But Kurt, the problem is she had no business been out in the city streets alone at night. That right? This is, now listen, don't, don't fall out with me. She's not going to find out on the city streets at night. She's not going to find choir boys. That right? She's not going to find nice ladies that'll take her in and fix her a cup of tea. Is that right? Yeah. She's going to find vile, wicked men and loose women. Right. Mark, nod your head so I know you're with me. I'm trying real delicate to be. I'm trying real hard to be delicate. She ain't gonna, my mama used to tell me, I remember, I remember when I first got my license, you, know, you couldn't drive but till 9 o'clock. And so that was my curfew, 9 o'clock. When that got over with, uh, uh, they let me stay out till 10. Then I pitched a big enough fit, I stayed out till 11. And then I got to fix the fit, and I thought, well, I got 11, so maybe I'm getting midnight. Uh, I never forget, my mama told me one night, she said, ain't nothing good uh, happens after 11 o'clock at night. Uh, and the older I get, the more I realize that's probably true. Uh, uh, and that's right. Uh, oh, I, she had no business being out at night. Uh, she had no business being out alone. Uh, she's the beloved of the shepherd. Uh, she's his daughter. 
Watch this. I, I gotta hurry. Uh, she found herself alone in danger on the streets at night. How often do we find in our own lives when sin has separated us from the shepherd that what we're doing may not necessarily be wrong. We're simply doing it at the wrong time. Give an example. I'm an old fellow thinking I'm right now. Well, I'm going to use a different thing. I was talking to a preacher friend of mine. He was telling me about a, in his community, there was a church that bought the pastor, another pastor bought him a boat, a bass boat. And said that for a while, if they went pretty good, he'd go, maybe once a month, he'd go fish. Then he'd come in and the church told him, said, Tell what you're doing. One weekend, you and your wife go out to the lake and the kids would get you a cabin and you take that boat and you fish and it will be hard to thing for you to miss a Sunday to go do something. We want you to enjoy it. We want you to enjoy it. Said it wasn't long. He just quit coming down the lake. All right? Mm -hmm. He'll see. Nothing wrong. Going fishing. Please, somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> Nothing wrong. Going fishing. <laughs> Nothing wrong. Well, I can't not like that. I wouldn't mind having that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what happened. Well, there's not necessarily anything wrong with it. Oh, my. Oh, my. I told you. Yeah. You should have shouted a while ago. It ain't getting no better. <laughs> <laughs> ain't necessarily nothing wrong with a lot of things. Yeah. And I see a lot of people doing them at the wrong time. Right, right. Oh my. A lot of things like told right there. A lot of things that we said. There's a lot of things that ain't nothing necessarily wrong with you. You do it the wrong time. Nothing wrong with her being out in the streets. Nothing wrong with her being in the courtyards. Nothing wrong with her looking for the shepherd. Nothing wrong with any of that. But John, she has no business doing it tonight. Is that right? What's this? Oh my. Some of you have bought down Oh my. Watch this. You say the wrong period. What about this? What about the wrong place? Instead of many go, Shepherd, the Bible said, I rise down, go in the streets and the Broadways, verse 2. Mission already, the shepherd won't be found there. He's not in the city. He'll be with the sheep. He'll be in the green pastures beside the seal waters. What a sad picture to realize our fellowship with the shepherd has been so broken. We're so far removed that he's nowhere near. She's looking in the wrong place. Notice verse 3, notice the wrong people. The Bible said the watchmen that go about the city found me. What a dangerous position she now finds herself in. She's out in the city at night alone. And John now the watchman have found her. Is that right? Not only is she doing things at the wrong time, not only is she in the wrong place, but she's around the wrong people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She's the shepherd. She's yeah. his dove. That dove always speaks of innocence. Is that right? Yeah. Oh my, she has no business being around the watchman of the city. Now, can I say this? These probably ain't the kind of men. They were tasked with the most serious job in the kingdom. They were the watchmen of the city. Is that right? They were, if you would, the first to the first on line to defend the city from any attack. Is that right? Mm -hmm. 
Don't follow that with me. If I had, if I had to choose between, if I, if I was in a city and I want some men to protect it, I'd want the biggest and the baddest and the meanest. They're right. I want, if there's an attack during the night, I want somebody that can handle it. Isn't that right? Oh, my now, she's been found by boys. How sad. How dangerous. Actually, it's some of you ladies' eyes just thinking of the fear that would cause to be. To be alone at night, these, these big men that have now surrounded you and found you, the danger and the, 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 the danger that could cause. Watch what your Bible says. Watch when the boy about the city found me. No doubt these would have been vile, rough men. Certainly, there could be no comparison between them and the shepherd. Think about that. She's been with a shepherd who's loved her and caressed her. We've talked about how love never forces itself upon you. wonder if it suddenly dawned on her, these look nothing like the shepherd. Can I say this? Tell those little foxes work, those little things. They take their own place at the wrong time. Before you know it's been signed by the wrong people. Right. Do you see that in the text? Can you see the progression? Watch this. The progression. She surrounded by the wrong people. Watch this. I heard it. Not only the wrong people, she's got the wrong purpose. Watch what your Bible said, verse number three. Watch them go about the city, found me. Whom I said, saw you him whom my soul loved. All she knows, do just ask them if they've seen me. Now, can I ask you a question? She ought not be out in the city at night. She ought not to have been in the city at all, really. She certainly ought not been found out in the city alone at night with these watchmen. She's in her own place. Now you know what she's done. She's caused them to be doing the wrong thing. Now they're looking for a shepherd. And they're supposed to be gardeners. That's what breaks my heart. You know what happens when separation comes between you and the Lord? Anybody, any saved person, I don't care who you are, you can make all kinds of different applications. Chris, if you if you were to let the last separation come from your Lord, there's somebody going to know where you work and notice it. They're right. Yeah. Oh, parents, your relationship with the, with the Lord falls apart, then youngins notice it. God, I've heard you so many times say your neighbors come and talk to you the other day. If you allow separation to come between you and the Lord, it may seem like Brian's older and grown up and sharing and everything seems good. And you say, Preacher, nobody look at me. You'd be surprised how them neighbors might look at you. You'd be surprised how they might notice. All of a sudden, things have changed. What happens time after time after time? Now it's not just her that's not doing it. Right. She's forced somebody else out of their job. And they're doing it. Is that right? Do you see that this morning? I know it's not a shouting message. I know it's not. And I, I'm hurt. I'm about done. Oh, but we see the wrong purpose. I'm tired this morning. I'll be honest with you. I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing moms and daddies and get out of the will of God and youngins that was on fire and sold out trying to live for God. Them just being drugged along behind a mom and daddy going out in the world. I'm tired, John. I never nobody prepared me. 
when I was at the stage of life, I was probably a little bit younger than he was, but when I was at the stage of life that Noah's in right now, and, and, and as far as my ministry goes, uh, nobody ever prepared me for what it'd feel like uh, to have a young man sit out in the parking lot and look at me uh, and say, Preacher, I wish to God would you help me pray uh, that my mom and dad realize how bad I want to be here. Uh, I don't want to just come once a month. I don't want to just come once every few weeks. Uh, do you help me pray my mom and dad realize how bad I want to be here? Uh, nobody ever prepared me, Lydia, for how bad that break my heart. I don't realize that right is somebody else along with Right. Not just the shield man that now's not doing the right thing. She's drug the watchman with her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now the city lies unprotected. Oh, right? oh my. I don't mean this harsh. God knows how I know. God knows my heart. I don't mean this mean. But I could not tell you over the last 11 years. How many mamas and daddies have sat across my desk from me or sat across my living room, tears running down their eyes and saying, Preacher, I just don't know what happened. How did my young ever come out like this? How did this ever happen, Preacher? Well, I don't mean to be mean. I don't, but sometimes I just look at them and say, You drug them with That's right. Sometimes, Johnny said, Preacher, I'd never say that. I guess that's why the Lord didn't call you to preach. But that's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Mamas and daddies, I've seen it dirt. I've seen it so many times. Mamas and daddies decide that something else is more important than serving the Lord. Uh, and God will intervene and they'll come back uh, and they'll live for the Lord. But then young kids never are saved. Right, right. Yeah, right? Yeah. There's a gentleman. I told you his name so much. There's a gentleman, him and his wife. They got so wrapped up in an activity that one of their sons was going to spoil people. They drug it hanging all over the country. I mean, they did, they took him everywhere, took him, went out of, went out of the country with him and played this forward. Eventually, God intervened and they, they got back in church and started living for the Lord. But that, not that young, but a little sister never did. Again, if I could show you a picture of her on Facebook today, if you knew her, it blow your mind what she looks like now and how she's living now compared to how she was at the time. You know why? She got grown old. For the majority of her life, she was taught there was no use for her. Oh my. Go ahead. Thought there was no use for church. Thought basketball was more important than the Lord. I know it's getting awful dead right there, but it'll be all right. Thought all these things were more important. You can live any way you want to. And mom and daddy come back. But it wasn't just mom and daddy that was affected. Those little girls got drugged around the stairway and atheists had a sodomite and all kinds of things I could tell you that blow your mind. And she grew up in a church in Surrey County, North Carolina. Said her some of the best preachers has ever been. That was a revival every, every week. It was in that was her most Sunday last Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And now we're being dark in the door of a church. An atheist and an agnostic. And you say, preacher, what are you saying? It's all because she got drunk around. Yeah, yeah, right. There's a danger this morning. Right. 
Mom and daddy drove around. You say, preacher, what are you saying? You, know, you kind of say this. You say, preacher, I don't have kids. Uh, I don't have a wife. I don't have youngins. I don't have grand youngins. Uh, I tell you, there's people in school watching you. Uh, you don't know what kind of impact you might have. Uh, it's an important thing just to sell out uh, and crucify our flesh and mortify our members uh, and just sell out and serve God uh, and let him use our life. Watch this. We say the wrong purpose. And those were in verse, in verse 4. Notice the passion. The Bible said it was but a little that I passed from them. But I found him whom my soul loved. The watchman would have been right at the wall. Just past them would have been outside the city. What joy she must have had to see a shepherd, no doubt with sheep. He's right where he should have been. I will say something. She found success. Share her passion. We see her success. She finds him. Go out right outside the city with the sheep, right where he should have been. Oh, but look at all the turmoil she left behind her. To find him. Pulled him watchman off the wall. She'd been in the wrong place at the wrong time. All kinds of things could have went wrong. All kinds of things could have happened. All kinds of things were already messed up. She found him again. But had she just went to chapter 2, verse 15, it took either the warning or the boxes. Chapter 3, verse 1, verse 5 would not have to go to the right. Yeah. Is that right? And can I say this? If you're here this morning, you say, Preacher, I've walked away from the Lord. These things in my life are not right. I'm glad to report to you this morning. You can find them. You can be restored. You can find joy again. You can find fellowship again. Thank God for it. I'm telling you, if you're here this morning, you say, Preacher, I've not yet let walked away. I've not yet done those things. I hope to God this morning, the Holy Ghost, to come back to smite your heart and show you the realness of walking away. Show you the dangers that can take place. Do you realize this morning I'm still holding it tight? I grew up in my teenage years. I didn't live right and talk right and act right. I didn't do right. And I'm still holding it tight. There's nights I close my eyes. And here's a friend of mine in school that died. And unless the Lord intervened with the hell, I close my eyes at night and think I could have been the one. Hell, if they saw a difference in that, I could have been the one that showed me something real. I could have been the one they saw something different. But instead, I was living where I ought not live, doing what I ought not do, hanging with the wrong crowd, doing the wrong things. And while that relationship with Christ, that fellowship, has been restored, but the consequences still hold me this life. Is that right? Notice her success. Watch this. I, I've heard him. Oh, her success. Notice the squeezing. Boy, I like this. That's what your Bible said, verse 4. But a little time, a little bit I passed from them, but I found him in my soul. Love. Watch this. I held him and would not let him go. Oh, my. I find that to be true. Do us well this morning. Learn a lesson. I have to get to that place. But she said, when I found him, this time, Kirk, she said, I held him. And I would not let him go. That's right. right. Oh, there's they something about this morning. You said, Preacher, what are you saying? Simply say this, and I'm hurt. I know I don't, I'm trying my best to hurry. Something about realizing he's gone, that, that fellowship's been taken away, make you love him that much more. So when you finally find him again, she said, I held him, and I will not let him go. Is that right? Oh my, she squeezed him. Oh, I hope this morning that's what somebody did. 
maybe some young person, maybe some mom and daddy, some grandma and grandpa, some husband, some wife. I have no idea. But maybe there's somebody this morning who said, Preacher, things just ain't right in my Christian life. Things ain't right between me and the Lord. These things hindering us. Uh, I hope this morning you come find him. Uh, and when you find him, hold him. And uh, don't let him go. Uh, love him more than you ever have. Uh, oh, what a picture. Say the squeezing. What's what your Bible say? I, I'm hurry. I'm quitting right here. What's what your Bible say? Notice this. All the success and squeezing. Notice what if you would the sin of it. Verse 4 of the Bible said, I held him, will not let him go till I brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. Now I'm going to say this real definitely. All right? You'll understand what I'm saying if you need to, and if not, you won't, okay? <coughs> Suffice it to say this. Notice the intimacy. He said, I found him, held him, wouldn't let him go until I brought him to my mother's house into the chamber of her that conceived me. It seems, Noah, that not only did her love for him grow, but their relationship went to a place that so far in the Song of Solomon we've not yet seen. Their intimacy grew. Closer than they ever have been. You with me? Just between the Shulamite and the shepherd. The shepherd and his bride. They're the place closer than they've ever been between the two. They say, what does that have to do with anything? Or read the word scripture. What's what the Bible said? James chapter 4, verse 8. Here's what the Bible said. Draw nigh to God, or draw nigh to you. How many of you ever heard that quote? Raise your hand. Have a one. Your hands, you see, their hands will purify our hearts. That's how we draw nigh to Him. The Bible says if we draw nigh to Him, He draws nigh to us. You realize this morning. That sin, those little foxes, that sin hinders our relationship. There's been, been very, me and my wife, I don't know if we say we argue, but we, I get passionate in this one. Y'all like that. Sometimes she gets real passionate too. And you know what? Most times when we get real passionate, it's not some big It's not that, you know, she sold the house and this that, but it's just, you know what it usually is? What's a little something? And it build up over time. Oh, God, you, you get passionate with my wife and John, you labels to hear about things that happened six years ago. <laughs> I mean, she'll say, well, what was you thinking when you said blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, God, I don't know. I don't even remember it. I don't know. I don't remember what I was thinking. I don't know what I meant by that. I have no idea, but I'm sorry. That's what I would say to you. But the little thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Sometimes it's not that we're committing adultery or drinking or drugging or that we're doing all these wicked, wicked things. It's just right. little things. Bunch of little things build up. Oh, you know what? We've separated ourselves from Christ. Oh, but we see passion. I would say, cleanse your hands, you sinner. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Oh, do you realize this morning, the more you cleanse out of your life to make room for him, the closer he'll get to you. Right? What a picture. You say, preacher, I want my relationship restored. He didn't say that he did anything. What's what it said? Draw an eye to God. He didn't say he'll draw you to him, except for you to draw an eye to him. Right. Your choice. 
Glory to God. You'll go around and you cleanse your hands. Our work. You sinners and purify your hearts. You don't mind. Our work. We must go around him. We'll save the sinner. Notice 15. I'm done with pleasure. Verse 5. The Bible said, I charge you on your daughters of Jerusalem. By the road, by the highs of fish. Turn not up. Don't wake my love. They please. We said the relationship. Verse 5. Restore. Once again, fellowship between them is able to be enjoyed. What pleasure she finds in being with her shepherd. And fellowship. Well, that's what she's saying. They've been restored. And she goes back to what she said in verse 7 of chapter 2. She said, I charge your daughter Jerusalem by the rose of my hands of fish. Turn not up. Go away. My love. Please. please. Repeats it in verse number 5. Shows the restoration. It's back where it was. And Leona, she's so in love with him. So glad to have him there with her. And she knows he's a shepherd. He awaits. He'll have to go. He's always with her. He never had to go be with the sheep. But she she commands, she asks the daughters of Jerusalem, the ladies of the city, she said, please don't wake him up. Please don't stir him. I want him here with me just as long as it's day. Oh, isn't that beautiful? You and I know this morning, that is the, that's what our sentiment should be as a child of God. Earl, I know as long as I'm in this flesh, there's going to be sinful thoughts and sinful deeds and sinful actions. I know there's going to be things that separate me from Christ. I know it might always be perfect communion, but I'm glad I have the ability to restore that. And I think we confess this in his faith when the rest of us forgive us. Yeah. It cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And I have that ability to cleanse our hands, cleanse our hearts. And then our desire will be with each other relationship restored. Lord, our relationship will be drawn to live in such a way that we keep it just as long as we can. All right. Stay with us. The musicians, they will give me a song of invitation.